Hey folks, John Ojaka here from Music Marketing Manifesto, and today uh, we're going to be talking with uh, someone that I think is really special. I think this call in general uh, is going to be uh, kind of mind-blowing for some of you. Um, his name is Matt Wadsworth. He's a musician, uh, and he is also sort of a colleague of mine in the internet space. He uh, has gone and built himself a uh, million dollar internet business and uh, if that wasn't enough he is currently out there training to set the world record uh, for the longest blindfolded motorcycle jump and uh, this is where it gets kind of uh, amazing uh, Matt has been blind since birth as in he cannot see um, which gives a, a pretty incredible context to those those three things um, He's on the line with me. Um, Matt, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you, John? I'm good. I'm good. Um, and Matt, uh, if you haven't picked it up in his accent uh, already, he comes from the UK. Um, but you're, you're currently, where are you right now, in Canada? Yeah, I'm in Montreal. I split my time between Montreal and, and London, and uh, that works out very well for me. I, I like the, uh, the good things of Europe and the good things of North America, and Montreal is... Uh, one of those special cities that, that brings those two things together. Right. You know, Montreal's not a city I've been to yet, but I've heard kind of amazing things, so I need to check that out. Um, but uh, before we <laughs> digress too far into social life chit-chat, uh, you know, let's kind of get started. We have a lot to cover in a relatively short amount of time. Um, and, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about your, your music. First off, you've got six albums out, and you're working on a seventh um, you're, you're a lute player. Uh, why don't you tell folks about that, you know, give them the background on you? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I started off uh, playing guitar when I was six, and uh, I uh, started with classical guitar, um, learned by ear. Uh, then when I was eight, started playing electric guitar. Taught myself to read Braille music when I was about 11. Uh, went back to classical guitar, and... Uh, Went to Royal Academy of Music in London, and to my surprise, I found myself playing a lot of lute music, uh, kind of transcribing Dowland and for the guitar. And uh, I just got more and more interested in the lute, the sound of the lute, and I was asked to play in an opera, uh, play the, the biggest kind of lute, which is called the theorbo. And I just said, yeah, I'll give that a go. And uh, I, I just became more and more drawn to that music. So I switched over from the guitar to the lute when I was 19. I developed a system of braille lute tablature. And, um, and then went to study in Holland for a couple of years. And my career started in 1999. I, I came back from Holland to London. I had nothing, uh, not a penny to my name and no work. Uh, and I built it up. Uh, into a, a really nice career, and it's still going. I, um, like you said, I've got six albums out. Some of them are solo, some of them I collaborate with other musicians, and that's a, a strategy that we can talk about later on. Sure. Um, and yeah, the seventh album, it's going to be my second live disc. So uh, yeah, it's been, uh, what, 12 years now, professional, wow. professional work. And I, I should say, uh, if anyone wants to check out uh, Matt's music, you can do so at MatthewWadsworth.com. Um, MatthewWadsworth.com. And depending on where you're listening to this, if you're on the blog, there should be a link beneath this interview, uh, and you can check that out. Um, but uh, I think, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think I have the story right uh, from our previous conversations. Uh, you know, I think like myself and probably like a lot of people listening, while you were able to sort of 
you had a lot going on, you had a following and you were putting out albums, uh, you know, money was still hard to come by as is often the, the story for, uh, you know, musicians. They, there's, there's a reason they call us starving artists. And, um, you had said that, you, you know, I think again, kind of similar to, to my path, you got, uh, sort of frustrated with that and turned to the internet to try and make a living. Is that right? Yeah, it was in 2007. Uh, I can't remember how many albums I had out by then. I think maybe it was five, or I had four out and one um, in production. And I just thought to myself, well, you know, I love doing this. I love playing the lute and going all over the world. But you know, I'm basically broke. Uh, I was about I was about fifty thousand dollars in debt just from various loans and and different things. And I wanted to pay it off, but I still wanted to play the lute. And I. Um, I mean, the, the internet's revolutionized life for all of us, but it, particularly uh, for me, because it, it leveled the playing field and it made everything accessible. Sure. And I, I use software on the computer, which is called a screen reader, and that you know just reads everything out, basically. Mm-hmm. And I use that for, for transcribing music and accessing websites. And um, I, I just really got the internet, and I could see that people were making money. And I thought, well, that would be awesome if I had an internet business and then I, I could I could run that from wherever I was if I was in Mexico on a tour or you know if I was in Japan then uh, as long as I had an internet connection I could kind of keep that thing going and create residual income uh, and and basically be my own patron so yeah that's what I did I uh, I worked pretty hard at it and by it took me about six months I think to from my first attempt to actually making a decent amount of money. Um, so by May 2008, uh, I was doing very well on the internet, and I have never looked back because it um, it means, especially for me, I, I can't kind of turn up and go and sight read a gig, and um, it, it's a big investment of time. So I wanted to stick to the artistic projects that I enjoy doing and, and the things that are, I feel are worthy of my time but also have some uh, stable financial income. Uh, And what I found was that uh, I was able to start my business and run it successfully by using the things that had made me good at music. Uh, And and conversely, I've been able to take things that I've learned from business and I've been able to put that back into music and kind of push things along there. So the, the, the two things... It was a bit of a mindset thing at first because I think a lot of musicians and artists, they just think, well, um, it's wrong to make money or we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't make money. We're artists and we're just going to be poor. It's like a, it's a mindset that you learn very early on and it's quite difficult to break. So uh, I found myself um, and then you, you sort of you think to yourself, well, what are other people going to think and blah, blah, blah. But sure. uh, I got over it and um yeah, so that's that's what I do. Cool. I, I think, you know, I, just to touch on that for a little while, because I'm sure, I know I was very curious about it, I'm sure many of the listeners will be as well, um, how, you know, just talk about the mechanics of that. How does that work? I think the internet is something that people really uh, think of as a visual platform, uh, and I know you have some good points uh, about that, um, uh, t- you know, talk about that. I think it's it's kind of amazing. It certainly was when I first heard your story, the idea that someone who doesn't have the same, you know, tools that the rest of us have uh, could go out and flourish in such such a big way as to, again, you know, build a million-dollar Internet business. Um, 
uh, without without something as simple as the the tool of sight. So, the, yeah, the uh, the thing about the internet and the strategies I use is that um, they they kind of transcend music and business. And so, if you're in my position, you can't see. Uh, you just have to use your other senses. So, with the internet, then it's sound. I'm listening to the text and um, not really so bothered about about the you know the visual aspect uh, of the environment. And there are just many ways to do the same thing, to accomplish the same thing. Um, so th that's how I do things. And my main principle uh, that has kind of made helped me to do well in, in music and in business is uh, knowing what I'm good at and then getting the right people around me who are good at and enjoy the things that I'm not good at and the things I don't enjoy. Um, so I know, you know, myself, I'm creative, uh, I play the lute, and um, I, I'm kind of good with ideas and solutions, uh, I'm good with people and developing relationships. I'm very bad, obviously, at uh, things like graphic design and websites and um, but there are people out there who love doing that kind of stuff, so I, I get them on board and I, I try and find people who um, kind of fit with my vision of things uh, and, and uh, they're not necessarily like me. I think that's a, a, a mistake a lot of people make. They, they'll employ someone who's exactly like them and that's, that's not really the person you want. You, you, want person, you, you need someone who's, uh, who has qualities that you don't have. So... Uh, I mean, for instance, I'll just give you an example of this. Um, when I wanted to play the lute, I needed a system of lute tablature, braille lute tablature, and one did not exist. So I had to develop one. And uh, I found a computer programmer. I, I found a guy at, uh, in a university called Tim Crawford, who's a lute scholar. And he he had a, um, a system he'd developed, and I was able to kind of... Uh, uh, adapt that for braille purposes and then yeah, I found a computer programmer who automated it then. So, you know, I had the idea and then I went out and found, found the people to help me implement that idea. And I've just done the same thing in business. I've done it with my records. I've done it with the people I work with. Uh, it's all to do with developing relationships. Uh, and that's, that's just a, a big, it's just a part of life. Sure, sure. I know you've also made some points, not not to go too far off course, because uh, we're going to talk about sort of relationship building as it pertains to music and business and everything else, but but you've also made some points, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, I'm sure I'm going to get this a, l a little wrong, but just about how the internet, you know, not sort of seeing all of the noise that's out there, it, it sort of focuses you right in on what's ultimately important as that pertains to marketing. You know, I think that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you've pointed out that that sort of made you in some ways maybe almost better or, or at least quicker to understand and be, and excel with copywriting because that's effectively all you're really exposed to is the direct message that is out there on the internet and then, and, and therefore that, I had uh, you know has has 
sort of focused you in the right places because that's what you're emulating not so much the noise and the red headlines and the and the you know sort of glossy pictures that were that that are out there which which as you know and and anyone who has experience with marketing uh, knows it is somewhat irrelevant to success there's all kinds of testing that shows that that stuff has very little impact compared to the message um, you want to talk about that at all? Oh yeah, big time. And if you saw some of my websites, you might you might even you might ask for your money back. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> some of them was just a, a WordPress blog with some text, and but the, some of those sites have made me thirty grand in four days. And um, it's really the, the the whole thing about marketing is finding a uh, very specific group of people who want exactly what you have got to offer, and. Um, you know, it's there are certain groups of people who buy stuff. I mean, like uh, you know, if you bought Music Manifesto, then you obviously you want to you want to learn about marketing and music. And uh, so John targeted a, a very specific group of people. Sure. And yeah, it, it's uh, so if you're doing that in music, then you you need to know who your audience is. So. Um, I do that with the loot by, you know, I'll look at different venues, different concert venues, and I'll see who's playing there. And um, I mean, this is a, a strategy that um, you know I've talked about, where you actually, uh, to build a following, you you leverage other people's mailing lists. And I I do that with concert halls. Uh, if I go and play somewhere, if I play at the Wigmore Hall in London, then I'll I'll say to them, right. Um, you know, can we go through your database and which people go to set, uh, concerts of 17th and 18th century music? And uh, you know, I know the demographic and uh, how many times they've been. And then I can send them a, a private letter, and um, I can tailor it to, to to that group of people. So, and then you know, that's how you over time. That's how you build your following. That's one way of doing sure. it. Yeah, just to sort of you know reiterate that because when you first told me that, I sort of you know slapped myself in the forehead because I was like, why didn't I ever think of that? One of the things, some of the people listening to this, particularly um, people who have joined Music Marketing Manifesto, uh, they'll be familiar with the concept of JVs, Joint Venture Partners, um, and that uh, for anyone who isn't familiar with that is where you effectively go out and find somebody else who has an existing mailing list, and uh, as Matt said, leverage that in some way. You Usually by either paying uh, that person for access to the list, or uh, perhaps working out some kind of a, a trade, often a cross promotion. Um, and it's a way, when done right, to get a huge influx of traffic very quickly. And as Matt pointed out in this instance, really targeted traffic. Um, in fact, just to give you guys some some examples, I've had JV traffic convert as high as 90 percent. Um, meaning, if if a thousand people came to my website via an email um, message uh, from a joint venture partner, uh, 900 of them were signing up to get whatever freebie it was I was offering, as opposed to something like paid traffic, where I might see 25 or 30 percent. So it's really targeted, really powerful traffic, um, because there's sort of a, an implied endorsement there. And what Matt did. Uh, as he said, uh, is go out and just talk to the very venues he was going to be playing, and and he and he paid. You paid, correct? Is that right? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. You usually have to pay to rent someone's mailing list. Yeah. yeah, he paid to get access to people who were already going to that venue, who had already expressed interest in the kind of music that he was making and, um, you know, had had success um, at that venue as a result. And I thought that was kind of brilliant. And so uh, that's, you know, that's a good tip and something pe- people uh, might want to look into doing. Um, but let's talk about that, you know, that... While, while we are going to be talking a, a lot about mindset here, because I think your story is really inspiring, um, you, you know, you're also a guy full of some some great tips and strategies. I mean, what what advice would you have for musicians, for the musicians who are listening to this, uh, you know, uh, in terms of what they can do to go out and promote their music, get a bigger audience, and ultimately sell more albums? Well, I think it takes... Um it's a few things. First of all, you've got to believe in what you're doing. And I remember when I when I put out my first album, 14 Silver Strings, I, I didn't know what people would make of it. And um, I just, I was trying to decide what I would play on the album. And I just thought, well, I'll do the stuff that I like. And at least if I make something that I'm happy with, then I'll be able to kind of deal with whatever criticism comes along. So, you, if you, if you got that kind of self confidence from the start, then you can take advantage of the age in which we live because there's, there's never been a better time to promote your own stuff. I mean, kind of long gone are the days of of you know big record companies and um, uh, the, the, that kind of exclusivity. Um, you know, with social media, with Facebook and YouTube, uh, you. you you have the ability to make things go viral uh, and to build your own following, and it's it's kind of a question of learning how to do it. But it's the the, the power is kind of in our hands as independent artists, and I, I find that is just an amazing thing. Um, you know, we we don't even need to make full length CDs anymore. You can you can you can release something track by track, or um, yeah, I I just. Uh, it's kind of there for the taking. I'm, I'm, I know you talk about this stuff, um, how to build lists and, and that kind of thing in the uh, Music Marketing Manifesto. Um, so there's there's no real difference between the, the way you do this in music and the way you do that in, in another niche, for instance. It's sure. the same principle. Right. Well, you know, let's talk about that because I know, well, okay, you're working on one album, but you've also got uh, a book about to come out, right? You've got a publishing deal and a book's about to be released, and you're currently working on something that <laughs> aligns with, with list building for musicians very closely and that you're trying to build your list for your book. Am I correct? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm currently um, – I'm building a huge list, and we'll see how that kind of segments out later on. So I'll, I'll survey the list. Sure. Uh, once I built it, out. and I'll, I'll probably put them in different categories. But yeah, I'm building a list to, to promote my book. And Unless, sorry. Oh no, no I'm sorry. Uh, I want just before we kind of went too far off track there. I just kind of wanted to ask you about that that process. If you you know the musicians listening to this, they want to build their list because if they're following these direct response uh, marketing models that you and I are in our internet businesses and uh, as well with our our music businesses. Um, what advice would you have for these musicians who want to build lists? You know, that's it's always the same kind of questions. Where can I get the traffic? How can I build yeah. that list up? Right. Well, there's, there's there's three different kinds of traffic. You you um you got uh, free traffic, 
which is um, when you appear in the search results on the left-hand side of Google. You have paid traffic, which is kind of adverts either on Facebook or YouTube or Google Ads. And then you have uh, joint venture traffic, where you get somebody else to endorse uh, your whatever you're offering. They, they send a mail out to their list. Um, the, as, as you mentioned earlier, and I completely agree, the best kind of traffic is is from joint ventures where someone endorses what you do so if you can build partnerships with um you know people who have similar tastes to you or who promote similar kind of music um then you just need somewhere to send them so if you've got a blog uh send them there and you know don't try and sell them anything just just give something of value and a a, a, a I think that's a, a really big point, actually, that uh, the um, money is a byproduct of the value that you create. So you've always got to have value in mind and you know, be thinking of your potential customer, have their best interests at heart. And if you look after them, then they'll pay you money eventually. Sure. Sure. Um, that's absolutely true. Uh, and, and I think it's something that a lot of musicians or a lot, a lot of businesses in general have a really hard time with because it, do, it doesn't happen immediately. You don't see immediate results by offering quality. It's something that sort of uh, takes, you know, it, it grows and it takes place over six months or a year even where um, you start off, it, it's a real up, uphill battle. The traffic is slow. The reactions are slow. The sales are slow. But six months later, a year later, you suddenly got yourself this flourishing business if you can stick with it and if you can consistently offer value because people do talk. They do share your um, your links they, and, and you do ultimately create a real tribe behind you, uh, be it 500 strong or 50,000 strong. And you can do an amazing amount with with a dedicated tribe of people, even if it's relatively small, um, that's when you, you get real momentum and that's when uh, I, I think things really start to happen. But it's, it's difficult for people to see that when they're, you know, just giving it a few weeks of, of writing articles or, you know, driving Facebook traffic or whatever it is that they're doing. A lot doing. of people, they're, 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 they're looking for stuff that uh, is going to be a quick fix. I mean, building a business, whether it's in music or in another niche it's kind of like growing a garden and you plant those seeds and then you kind of nourish it and water it and look after it and you just you don't give up you keep going and you have your setbacks and you have your good days and your bad days but you you just got to keep moving forward sure um you know this might be kind of putting you on the spot because it's not something we talked about before uh you know before we hit record but the average musician who's going, okay, joint venture, I get it, that sounds great. Uh, why would somebody want to talk to me? Why would somebody want to share my music with their list becomes the, the sort of obvious question. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's a difficult one for some musicians. Do you have any sort of advice there? Sure, yeah. Well, I think you need to seek out the, the people that you want, want to form an alliance with and get to know their stuff. Get on their list, find out what they do, find out what they talk about, and then... Um, I think the most important thing is is kind of off, lead with the hand that gives. So you offer some value up front straight away. So you, you you don't kind of get in touch with them and say, "Hey, I've got this great song. Can you send this out to your list?" Uh, pay them a compliment and say, "You know, I've been on your list for a while, and I really like what you do. Uh, I found X Y Z particularly interesting, and uh, uh, you know, just just wanted to let you know 
how much I appreciate what you do. And then you see if you hear back. And then you might send them another email saying, well, um, uh, yeah, I've got such and such. Just thought you might be interested in hearing it. Hope you enjoy it. Don't don't ask them to mail it for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and see what comes back. So you kind of... You know, it's it's like sort of meeting someone for the first time, or you, you don't uh, you don't you don't go in and um, be all full on. You, you take it step by step, and you see how that person reacts, and you just you you'll be amazed at how effective that approach is if you take a take a kind of gentle approach. Uh, that, that's always been my way. And sure. it's because you know we're human beings at the end of the day, and you you're going to have a human being reading your email. Sure, and that's that's actually a really good point, and it's and it, again it's it's well illustrated. I can't speak today. Well illustrated by uh, the fact that we're talking today. That's sort of how you and I met. Funny enough, um, and this also sort of points to that organic thing that happens when you're out there in the world creating value. Um, Matt did an interview with another marketer that uh, uh, I actually just recorded this month's um, training module with for the Insider Circle. His name's Chris Rempel. Uh, he, I know he's someone both Matt and I admire very much as a, as a marketer. And uh, he did an interview with Matt, and that was my first exposure to Matt, and I was really taken by Matt's story. You know, he's a musician, and he had had all this success online, and, and it had piqued my curiosity. But it, he wasn't selling anything. There was just an interview to share with people about about uh, a fellow marketer uh, who in this case again happened to be a musician who was doing well and that's all it was and then uh, and I had subscribed to Matt's list and I, I actually don't know how you were exposed to what I was doing but I put out a uh, product in the internet marketing world that was it was something to help businesses promote their their products or their websites and Matt actually bought that product and and then emailed me, uh, I, I think, just to sort of introduce himself as a fellow musician. And again, he wasn't pushing anything, just kind of saying hi. And what was funny was I already knew who he was. Uh, and I kind of scratched my head going, why is he buying this product? I know where his skill level is, and I know he doesn't actually need this. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, sure enough, uh, he he was relationship building he was networking and that was pretty impressive to me uh just because i'm kind of out there doing similar things and here we are a year later we're we're now friends we've met in person we're working on some projects together and uh i'm doing an interview with matt and sharing it with you know ten thousand new people and that's kind of how it works when you're out there again just being real and creating real value and 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 that's that's a sort of perfect real yeah. life illustration I, of I think, JV. I think the just the really important point here and it's uh, fundamental and uh, almost a bit simplistic but you actually just you, we can all fall into the trap of over analyzing and uh, being scared about what happens if it doesn't work or we get rejected but you just have to kind of get out there and do it and sure. you learn as you go you know there's no um uh, it's not like being at school where there's a right way and a wrong way, and there's lots of different ways. And um, it's, as soon as you start and you get some momentum going, uh, you'll you'll be amazed at what happens. And just put it into your schedule, an hour a day or however long you can devote to it, and really focus your energy on, okay, today I'm going to put something on my blog, or today I'm going to put something on YouTube. And uh, So you've kind of got a, a focused plan. 
Sure. Yeah, I, you know, I think I think the really important takeaway here for anyone listening is that we, uh, you know, us us as the collective um, subscriberless listening to this, we have absolutely no excuses whatsoever for not being out there kicking some ass and succeeding with, with, with our own careers because you have not only, again, put out six albums, working on a seventh, uh, you uh, have created a million-dollar Internet business. You, as I touched on there, uh, <laughs> have written a book. That's, you've got a publishing deal, uh, and... Uh, you're doing all of this, you know, without the ability to see and where it gets crazy. And I thought you were actually kidding when you first told me the story is that you are literally down. Well, I guess you're, you're back in Montreal at the moment, but you've been spending the last few months down in Southern California training to set the world record for the longest blindfolded motorcycle jump. Is that right? Yeah, well, it's it's blindfolded because that's the category in the Guinness World Records. I don't really need the blindfold. But <laughs> I, um, I mean, yeah, you you, you got to ask yourself. Well, I mean, people people do say um, why, and first of all, um, well, my answer is kind of why not. And it's just it 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 came up at the beginning of the year because I used to ride a motorbike as a kid. I had one of those mini bikes, and I used to ride it around a field. And those are my two passions: motorbikes and guitars. And I stopped riding the motorcycle when I was 10. But at the beginning of this year, um, someone said, you know, have you ever thought of, like, going over a jump? And I I had never thought about that, and it scared me. But then I, I started thinking about it, like, how would it feel, and how would I do it, and what would be involved? And so what, I'm, what I've done... Um, what's really interesting for me in this project is that I take, I've taken the same skills that have made me uh, successful in music and successful in business, and I, I'm just applying them to uh, to doing something else, which happens to be jumping a motorcycle 100 feet. And you know, my biggest challenge is how to go in a straight line from the takeoff point to the right. jump. That's for, for someone else that would be really easy. For me, it's really hard. And so I'm kind of using all my facets and skills and experience at problem solving to uh, to come up with ways to make this happen. And it's it's more of an experiment. I mean, I'm not doing it to prove a point. I'm not doing it to make money. I'm I, I'm just so interested in how we can all take what we've got and apply it to different areas of life. And also the, the fact that we we really can live life the way we want. You know, it doesn't have to. We don't have to be restricted and um if you if you've got kind of a vision and a an idea and a goal then you you kind of put your head down and see it through and it's uh yeah it's proving to be very challenging but uh we're doing doing well did i hear uh, from chris that you've already now jumped as far as 20 feet Oh, I've done uh, 55 feet. 55 feet, yeah. Jesus. Yes. Wow. wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you been hurt? I mean, how, how does uh, this I, work? Yeah, I, well, I, I hurt my shoulder just um, not not on the landing. It just I uh, pressed the brakes too hard and fell off. and So uh, I had to take a bit of time off just to let, that, let the muscle uh, regain strength. But, um, yeah, it's, we have um, we've built a, a special track. And uh, I have inside my crash helmet uh, have headphones. Some uh, the, the guy that's training me. We talk to each other, sure. and we've got this system of commands that we figured out. Um, 
but basically he's um he's there as a guide but it's it's very much down to me to to actually go in a straight line and you, i mean you'd be amazed at how much correlation there is between riding a motorcycle and playing a musical instrument it's it's a lot to do with sound and rhythm and and touch um so uh, yeah if you're curious go to makingthejump.com and there's uh there's a load of info on that i, I think it's what I like about it is it's relevant to everybody. Um, I mean, for us, it's, it's particularly poignant, you know, music business and, and w- what we can do with that. But it's honestly, I'm just using the same principles and I'm using the same list building techniques and uh, all the stuff we've talked about. I'm, I'm doing that here. So it's, uh, if nothing else, you could uh, go and watch what I'm doing and maybe learn from it or, um, yeah, to, you know, to see what you can take away. Cool. Um, well, yeah, uh, w- w- and once again, that's uh, makingthejump.com. Am I getting that right? That's right. Cool. Yeah. And I'll put a link again, depending on what medium people are sort of listening to this. Uh, uh, if you're on the blog, there should be a link to that video somewhere beneath this, uh, the player, this interview. Um But, and I definitely recommend you, you check it out. I checked it out and I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, and uh, you know, you know, just to reiterate, I think you're uh, a friggin' inspiring dude, um, and uh, I, I think you're, you're. I've never really heard a story quite like it, and I knew it. You know, it sort of blew my mind when, because I, I know how much I struggled, and pretty much everyone struggles when they first get started trying to do this stuff online, trying to promote anything, be it music or business. It's confusing as all heck, and I just cannot even imagine doing that without the the tool of site, and so. Um, you know, there's certainly, you certainly seem to be a guy who doesn't let a a thing stop him. And it kind of, it should force all of us to sort of look inward a bit and think about uh, what's maybe holding us up. Because I know, I know a lot of people are making music and have dreams and, and are uh, not sure why it's not happening. And you seem to be a guy who sort of if you can, if you can see the end result, you can figure out a path to get there, and I think that that's really the sort of magic formula. So, um, you know, kudos or whatever. <laughs> um, it's, you know, great, great fucking job. Yeah. Well, thanks, John. I um, that's it. I just I stick at it, and um, uh, everyone's got their stuff to deal with. Uh, ups and downs in life and all of that but yeah if you've got a, a clear idea and enough determination uh, and yeah, you can still be a nice person at the same time <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah. yeah I think I think that's worth mentioning I think a lot of people they you talked about mindset and things that hold musicians back and musicians thinking they need to sort of be broke um, I think one of the things that I see holding musicians back so much is they're just resistant to marketing I think at this stage, we all, everyone, you know, even someone who's in their young 20s, we grew up in an age before the internet. We grew up at a time when rock stars were still aloof, mysterious creatures. And and we as musicians are still sort of striking that pose, whether we realize it or not, where we, we think we're above the marketing and we're supposed to be... Um, 
you know, uh, people are supposed to come to us effectively. And I just don't think that the economy works that way anymore. I think it's about transparency and um, being open, whereas that wasn't necessarily the case. And I I think people have a hard time getting past that. They think that by being an artist, that should be enough and that the world should recognize that. And, and, um, and, And often they think that by breaking from that, um, mindset they're somehow being untrue as artists and yeah and I think kind of sit, whole... sit in the practice room for eight hours and then wonder why they have no gigs yeah it's, exactly uh, yeah no I mean the, the, the bottom line is life owes us nothing and sure. um, if you take that approach you, you're gonna you're gonna do better cool well, great stuff. Um, again, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to uh, talk to all of us. Um, and for anyone who does want to learn more about Matt, uh, you can go to MatthewWadsworth.com to check out his music, uh, which I, I recommend you do. Uh, but it, be sure to go and watch this video of Matt riding his motorcycle because, um, uh, again, it's just a crazy story. Everyone I tell is just sort of, you know, blows their minds. Um, so, yeah, once again, thanks. Uh, you're, you're an impressive guy, and uh, you've got a, a heck of a story. So thanks for sharing it, and, uh, you know, thanks for, again for taking the time. Yeah, thanks, John. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. You, you have a good day. And yourself.